I remember uh, when we went on the cruise last year to Bermuda. Mm-hmm. We, I bumped into you and Barton and Jim. Yeah, that was reliving our you old days. You guys were roommates, right? Yeah. You were detoxing from your 15-drink uh, <laughs> limit. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Experience This, a show about the emerging experience economy with your host, Tom Young. All right. Hi, everybody. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Tom Young. Let's go around the room. Hey, this is Sean Uman. And this is Karen Bajwa. Hey, well, thanks for uh, being here with us today. Hey, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the exercise industry and how the social dynamic is starting to uh, drive continued participation and growth. It's a $30 billion industry today, growing at 3 to 4%. And article written recently in Forbes, they indicated that the the 20% of adults have memberships in gyms, and that could double in the next 10 to 15 years. So an interesting trend. Mm-hmm. And uh, Karen, you do boutique, and Sean, you go to a, like a regular gym, right? Yep. And so, Sean, tell us, you've been going to gym for a while now, since your college days? Yeah. So uh, I believe it was sophomore year I started. Freshman year, it was just on and off, and I quit a lot. And, and went you back went in. with Bart. Yeah, I used to go with Bar and TJ, actually. Yeah. yeah. And so tell us a little bit about how that started and where you're at now. So um, I first started when uh, it was just kind of like my self-motivation because I'd seen a lot of kids on my floor going. And it was perfect because going to the gym can be very intimidating for the first time, especially when you know you don't know how any of the equipment works, any of the exercises. You don't want to look dumb or you don't want to look weak. But um, I had some really good friends on the floor that were, you know, that motivated me to go. And I just started going. They taught me a lot of things. And then, you know, once you start going the first couple times and you get the hang of it, then you're totally comfortable with it. So so one question for you. Do you go to the gym that gives uh, bagels and pizzas at the front door? <laughs> no, I'm vehemently <laughs> against that gym. <laughs> that gym will not be named in this podcast. <laughs> so uh, did, did you feel yourself as a result? Did you get the positive feedback of being... Fitter, stronger, all those things. Pretty much all of those things, yeah. Yeah. And just another way to keep you active, you know, especially in college because you find you have a lot of spare time in college. So, yeah. So you, um, so you would block a time because a, a lot of the excuses that people use, and it probably just is an excuse, mm-hmm. is I don't have the time. Yeah. So when you when you think about the gym back then and now even today, yeah. and, and they say, oh, I have, I have 15 minutes, you're not doing it. Yeah. But so what do you block a time? Is it two hours? How do you think about it? How do you think of a block of time when you go to the gym? Um, so I never really go anymore with like a certain like, you know, structured thing. I kind of just go with the flow and how, how I'm feeling. But I usually try to, you know, go. I right now I've transitioned to going in the mornings and I'll just go get it over with in the morning and usually block around an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Right in the morning. And it's a great start to the day. You're awake. You, you feel like all this energy, your metabolism is up. And for me, it, it, it's brought a lot of benefits. So I continue to do it. Hmm. Now, Karen, you go to uh, <clears throat> what would be called more boutique versus something like a Gold's Gym, which is a, you know, a, a generic one or just. But it, yeah. <clears throat> um, so there's a ton of these boutique fitness studios in the city. Um, I'm in across the U.S. now. But um, they're a bit pricey. But Sean and I were just talking before we started this podcast. The thing that I love about them are, um, in some ways, I don't know, maybe it's kind of being lazy, but you don't have to think that much. You're guided by an instructor. The instructors are very motivational. 
and there is a a bigger sense of working. So, for example, there's one Barry's boot camp. They ask you to do a, a sprint at 10 miles an hour, which mm-hmm. is pretty intense. And you normally probably may not push yourself that hard. But when the person to the right and the left of you are doing the exact same thing and everyone's sweating at the same speed, uh, it's a bit more inspiring. Yeah. Um, but it's it's <clears throat> the boutiques are highly social. It's like a spin class or yoga class. They, the, right? De- yeah, definitely. And they all. There's a class focus to it. There's a class focus. And the other thing that's interesting is that most of the boutique fitness places will all have a cafe right. that is outside of the check-in desk. So there's an element of people hanging around and a bit of a social scene before and after class. So social before and after and then during. Yeah. Right, and so you're doing it together. So then I go, Wendy's not with us, one of our team members, she goes to bar class. My mm-hmm. daughter goes to bar class sometimes as well. And again, another social aspect, we gotta sign up for the class, the class gets booked out. Yeah. And it's a slightly different than what Sean's talking about, which is more individual. Now, Sean. When you were doing over the years, there's a social aspect of what you're doing as well, isn't there? Yeah, so I I completely agree with Kieran that there's a lot of benefits that come with the, the social aspect of it, and a lot of it is, uh, and I would first admit, my best workouts have always come with someone else. When it's just like more motivation, you're pushing yeah. each other, and it's much easier than self-motivation sometimes, you know? I've gotten you know used to it where now I'm not really um, looking to get like, you know, push myself and get super strong. I'm trying to just maintain where I am now and stay active. So I'm not, you know, forcing myself to go crazy here anymore. Like I was when I was younger, just trying to build myself up. But yeah, the social part is definitely, it's relevant and it does exist. So So let's talk about the technology side of this now. We're, We're seeing a lot of trends in the industry around wearable computers and even the smartphones that we carry are monitoring a lot of our health through things like the Apple Watch and just the pedometers or the gyroscopes that are on the phones now, where it measures how many steps you take and how active you are. Are you guys using technology in your fitness in terms of, you know, scoring, you know, weight trends, all the way up to the calories that you might consume in relative to your overall fitness? Do you guys use that te- technology? I think I used it. There was an app. Uh, that was quite big a while ago. I mean, it probably still is. My Fitness Pal, mm. and there was a huge community, and we probably look up the number of users on there, something in the millions. But it was around the nutrition part of it. So you know, putting in your foods and it's spitting out um, what your caloric intake was, etc. Mm. So I think I used it for the nutrition piece. I personally haven't used it for the working outside of it. Yeah. I was going to say that it, it does cater a little bit because in the, in the old, whole world of fitness, you have, you know, working out and then you also have diet, which is a whole another topic we can cover. But there's, you know, the, the technology does support the diet. Maybe you need a little bit more to keep track of all the calories and the food that you're taking when you're eating it and all of that stuff. And then even in the working out uh, space, there's probably more technology lending itself towards like cardio based stuff, losing weight kind of stuff versus you know, working off to build muscle, which is a whole different goal. So for me, I don't really use too much technology. I, I It's funny because the, the Apple Watch, the only reason I actually did want it is just for the heart rate monitor and to keep track of steps and stuff, not really for like the texting or any of the other stuff you could do on it. But um, I haven't I haven't fallen prey to that yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I just pulled up a, a little stat here. So in the App Store, there's about 
320,000 apps that cater to health and fitness. Yeah. Which I'm sure covers the gamut of nutrition as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's huge. I mean, technology is obviously a major player in all of this. Yeah. I, I use the Apple watch and just mostly for the, as Sean mentioned for the heart rate monitor and, uh, uh, I'm interested in also the evolution of the technology when they're going to start to move to the next level, which is blood sugars and things like that, where they can measure mm -hmm. your blood chemistry. But it's interesting the biofeedback you get and how that affects almost to the point where, you know, in some of the insurance companies, and you guys, we talked about this before, where they start to gamify your behavior uh, by providing you that feedback, that digital feedback about what's going on. So I noticed, for example, if I have a lot to drink, alcohol, um, and I and I sleep with my Apple Watch on, which I do, you know, half the nights, I'll I'll wake up and I'll check what my uh, resting heart rate was while I was sleeping, mm. and <clears throat> it's typically much higher if I've been drinking than if I wasn't. So if I if I drink a lot of water, on the other hand, and I'm well hydrated when I go to sleep, my heart rate when I'm resting goes down, which is an indication of, of your, your system stress, right? So yeah. if the higher it is, the more stress, the lower it is, the better off you are and probably the deeper the sleep you're getting. So it was interesting feedback. So I noticed that when I'm, when, if I, you know, if I go out drinking or I'm out socially and have a few drinks, I don't, I don't drink at home unless there's people over and it's a social thing, but I, I don't drink as a general rule at home. I just basically drink water. But I noticed that, that difference. I'm doing that. There's also the thing of, um, sure, this technology can provide you this info, but how much of it is actionable or how much do people actually act on it? And that's another whole, I would love to see some studies on that because, you know, there's, um, um, has that changed your drinking at all? Uh, no. Knowing that? <laughs> no. no I, for most people, you know, it's, you could keep track of all the calories you want, but if you don't make any changes with it or do anything in your diet, then what's the point? Yeah. I, I yeah. That's a that's a whole different issue about the motivation and stuff. I, mm -hmm. I I would probably say, and that really hasn't changed my my behavior. But that's where apps have to work into, like you know, and you'll see some of them doing that to gamifying or you know, trying to motivate you to make. But that I would change. say, Sean, I would say that's probably be the case because it's information in isolation. And let's get back to the social side of it, because mm -hmm. I think if you, we were doing it as a group and it was social. The, pr the peer pressure and group pressure exactly. to modify would be there. Yep. Yeah. Right? So, uh, and we know that from business, by the way, there's a thing called the Hawthorne effect, which is uh, <clears throat> when you measure things, you, t you typically will see a better performance than if you don't measure something. Mm. So when you, you see it a little bit with steps. Like when we did our walk, Couple months ago, we went down on the New on New York City High Line. Down, people were measuring their steps, and it was a little bit of uh, gamifying how many steps you could get in a day. And, and there are groups out there where they challenge each other to go do that. And so I think that having that feedback, and I think the social drives a, a more a motivation and a higher participation to change. Did you guys agree with that? Yeah, definitely. And one thing about the social, which happens, which I notice a lot walking around the city, is the fitness places will also put out their merchandise. And now you have people on the streets representing their tribe and the group that they belong to with their merchandise from a particular gym. 
So, it, you know, they're catering into this whole sense wow. of belonging in very different ways. So w one of the one of the big uh, social um, aspects in gyms today is a thing called spin class. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. spin class uses stationary bicycles and they have an instructor and they everybody's in the class and they're pedaling together and they're following a program and motivated by an instructor. And um, this company, Pelot Peloton, mm -hmm. was a large company that went public. Now, what was the valuation, Karen? Some crazy number. Uh, I think it was at the billion mark. It was some, some number, a lot of money. <laughs> but Peloton uh, has taken that the concept of the spin class and are selling high-end bicycles for your home. And you say, well, the, that's it's defeating the purpose, right, at some level because I go to the spin classes for the social side of it. Yeah. But what, what Peloton's done is try to bring in the design thinking and show how they're bringing the social back into the home to try to extend that spin class back to your home. Now, it's not a it's a pricey, it's by $3,000 all in. You look at shipping and subscriptions and things like that. But let's play, a, we have our first clip here. Let's play this uh, Peloton, Peloton um, uh, little philosophy about what they're trying to do here and about the design thinking. In the earlier days, we were all fans of indoor cycling classes. So we really wanted to realize the vision of having this convenient and engaging form of workout that can be accessed anytime and anywhere you want to. It brings that community and that energy that you feel in the cycling studio and it brings that into the home. So they talked a little bit with what their design philosophy was going to be. And then, so that was their vision that they tried to go after because, you know, they could sell bikes to gyms and then that's their market. For them to extend, they need to extend into the homes and get people to buy individual bikes. Um, so let's move to the next clip on this where they talk a little bit about the design thinking. Move to the 50 mark there. And uh, we'll play that and get a sense of a little bit of how they let their design thinking in fact, uh, how, how they brought the social back into this individual bike. Yep. One of the challenges with boutique fitness is that it can be inconvenient, but there's some magic that happens in that experience. So we're driving our UI and UX to simulate that studio workout experience. Our production techs are filming the class live, cutting cameras. It truly is live experience straight from our studio to their homes. So you can see they're, they're bringing this in and basically they add a screen to the the bike mm -hmm. and provide uh, the feedback there. So you, you you're you're in these live classes. It's not a pre can thing, and you're getting some some level of participation when you can't get to the gym. Now I do think it's an interesting like the the argument people are going to make. I don't have the time, so they can bring it into their home. This bike has a, a small footprint in the home. You can bring this in there. It's not. It's pricey. Sean would tell me it's what three thousand dollars all in. Probably, yeah. yeah, around three thousand for one year. Yeah. And I've actually been to one of these Peloton classes where they're doing a live broadcasting. So the, the neat thing that they do to get people engaged is that they have a leaderboard. So everybody from the class enters their username for that class and the name goes up on a leaderboard. And if you're at home signed in, your name is on that leaderboard as well. And what the instructors do really well is to call out names from the leaderboard and say, come on, David, you're almost there at the finish line, et cetera. Right. So it's yeah. good. It makes They'll you make feel call like outs for if it's your first ride ever and it's certain certain things that they will automatically call you out for. Yeah, it's pretty good. So. 
somebody who's not been to a gym, as Sean, you mentioned, it's intimidating the first time. It's yeah. like, is everyone looking at exactly, me? Exactly, yeah. Am I a freak? Mm-hmm. What did I do wrong? Yeah, yeah. You're uh, self-conscious about it. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're out of shape. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or if you've never been there before, this is your right. first time going. Yeah. Right. So you're like, oh, did I lift not enough weight? People think Am I I'm, doing it wrong? Yeah. Right, all those kind of yeah. things. So how, what would you say to people uh, to help them break that ice? The the way I did it was find someone that goes regularly and, and tag along. Social, with them. social, yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's hard a, to tackle that by yourself. Yeah. It so really you got to go with somebody. You got to go with somebody. Yeah. You gotta so if somebody's not going and says I should go, but I'm just afraid. Yeah. They need to talk to a friend and go with them. And if they can't, then you can go a little more of an expensive route, but get a trainer. Yeah. Get a trainer. But this the Peloton does the things we just talked about. It combines it all into one package, right? It has the convenience. It's in your home. And it has the gamifying by putting out that leaderboards and making you competitive, trying to, you know, stay, you know, you don't want to be the last one on the leaderboard. So you're, you know, trying to stay competitive with that and the social because it has this instructor that's doing this live right? Yeah. and saying things live. I, I think the only thing with the social piece of it, we were just chatting about as well, is the fact that there's a, it's a bit of an expensive price tag with some of these boutique places that offer a very strong social component. So, $25 a class, anywhere to $40 a class. It's really? pretty expensive. My gym membership is 25 a month. <laughs> yeah, and so this is the this is the, you know, the disposable income and Yeah. Yeah. It, that's why I was saying the Peloton is definitely cost prohibitive. Not everyone has $2,000 laying around plus $40 a month. Like my gym membership alone is only 25, let alone I don't have to pay 2,000 just 3, to, just to, Yeah, 3,000 really yeah. if you if you factor everything in. So this is a, but I mean, the, the one good thing they have going for them is, you know, we were reading, they have apparently have, a, a, this stat is, might be a little old, but has a 96% retention rate, meaning people that bought the bike are still, 96% of them are still on subscription, which is pretty well, that, high. That's, that's very interesting <laughs> yeah. to me because a, a lot of exercise equipment gets used and, 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 and then it's dust. It's but if you yeah. break that down a little more, and I was talking to Karen about this, you also have to think, if you bought a $2,000 bike, are you just, even if you're not using it, are you going to let go of the subscription? Because then you definitely gave up. And you might not, you might not be going on yeah. it, but you will hold on to the su- subscription. It's interesting. Go back to the issue of the, the connected health tied to this phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think we're quite there yet as an industry uh, or the technology is not quite there to convince people. But if you could demonstrate that the participation in these things and the and in doing this drove not only better health but life extension and you could prove that out, yep. then people would empty their bank accounts. The price would be irrelevant. I mean, is that is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I if I could add two years to your life, or pick a number, five years or one year, would the three thousand dollars be relevant? <laughs> I don't. Uh, I get your point, but then yeah. you're gonna. I'm gonna make the counterpoint that um, the things that this achieves, I could do all in the gym for the for a fraction of the price. Right. Now, the, the to me, uh, the issue is not or. It's mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it's yeah. it's it's completing the spectrum of things available in the marketplace exactly. yeah. to deal with people with different po- points in their life. Exactly. Yeah. So agree. The, and we go back to this notion we've talked about on the experience this podcast here 
of time over money. Mm-hmm. So there'll, there'll be people in points in their life, maybe younger people who are more interested in saving money right. and less interested in protecting their time. Yeah. And yeah. there'll be other people, maybe in my class that are older, who are more interested in time management and are less interested in saving the money. If they can commit the time, the money will be there. And um, it's just, so it's not or, it's both. It's all of those things. And understanding, we're just trying to expose people to this and, and have them think about experience, social, uh, the time aspect over the money aspect of this. Not just that. If another question you could ask is, you know, for some people it'll be, am I get, I'm going to get this Peloton and I'll spend a, a lot of money or I'll do nothing. You know, they won't, the gym is not even a, an option for them to go by themselves mm-hmm. or anything like that. So for those people, I say, yes, this is worth it. Then the money, it doesn't matter. Right, so it's for the the people that everything is an option and they can handle everything. Then then this becomes more of do I want to do this or not? Right. But, and yeah. I think back to your point about life extension. A lot of these companies are trying to market themselves as being lifestyle brands, so not just fitness companies or you know people that put out products. They're definitely trying to move in a direction of this is about incorporating health into your overall life and lifestyle. So, Karen, when you go to the gym, how uh, Sean blocks out about an hour and a half. How about how about you? For me, it's uh, if I attend one of these classes, they're typically about fifty to sixty minutes. So, but but your bookended time from the time you leave your place to get back is hour and a half. Yeah, an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, twenty minutes there and back. And so, how often do you do it? Um. Well, this is interesting. So I would say now I'm probably going about three to four times a week. However, there's a lot of people like myself, which are event-based fitness people. So when I had my wedding coming up, I was there six to seven days a week. So it, you know, it, yeah. it's definitely there's a lot a, of event-based <laughs> people yeah, that work out. This isn't always consistent. Like when we were in, you know, San Fran and traveling, right. I didn't go one day. So yeah. We were pretty active. Yeah, we were active though. We were doing a lot of steps. Yeah. So um, people are looking at ways of, you know, they're saying this is very interesting. I guess, um, would you agree with Sean's point that if you want to get started, you want to do it with somebody? Definitely. Yeah. I I think, uh, yeah. It keeps you, it's good too, because it's just for accountability's sake. You guys are keeping each other accountable. It's very easy to fall off on your own. You know, you're, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, I started and then just kind of let go of it. But I also think fitness is typically tied to results. And I think most people would agree that working out with somebody helps them to obtain those results and the accountability piece. So, yeah, I, mean, I think whatever it takes to get those results. And typically it happens through the social element of doing it together right, and pushing right. each other, which is why stuff like CrossFit is so popular. It's accountability and it just makes it more fun. You know, yeah. when I'm working out with a friend, when I was working out with like bar two, that wasn't painful at working out. That was our hour to just hang out. And just, you know, when we got a huge positive out of it too. So compare and contrast that. So like when you go by yourself on the spectrum of being a total chore to being a pleasure, where does it land compared to if you, as you mentioned, like you and Bart were hanging out. Yeah. Is it more to the, to this, this contrast those two. So I'm going to say if for different people, it's different. Yeah. I know people that prefer to do it themselves and they right. don't want, they don't like it. But for me, actually, it's, it, 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 
it's almost on other <laughs> opposite yeah. sides of the spectrum. I prefer, much rather prefer working out with someone. And it's almost become a chore doing it by itself. But it's just I've become so used to the routine that I just keep doing it. I remember uh, when we went on the cruise last year to Bermuda. Mm -hmm. we, I bumped into you and Barton and Jim. Yeah, that was reliving our days. You guys days. were roommates, right? Yeah. You were detoxing from your... Uh, <laughs> 15 drink limit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The night before. Yeah. yeah. And you guys looked like you were having fun. Yeah. That was yeah. an awesome time. Yeah. It wasn't even working out really. It was just hanging out, talking. Yeah. And the gym was, the gym and the cruise ship was packed. It was, yeah. It was very yeah. busy. Yeah. It was really busy. And so do you, do you ever go with anybody, Karen, or do you go mostly by yourself? Um, I have a gym in my building. So if I'm just going down for a quick run or a quick workout, I'll go by myself to just crank it out. But typically... I, I'm a big fan of this, of group fitness. Yeah. And do you have friends that you meet there? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I've made some great connections. I mean, we went to Italy a couple of years ago, and a lot of the recommendations came from somebody that I met at the gym. Oh, that's great. So anyway, so this is an interesting topic. We were just focusing on Peloton because we read crazy valuation on their IPO coming up. Four billion. Four billion. And we wanted – so we, anyway, we wanted to look at this notion of uh, – uh, experience tied to a exercise. Uh, there's a lot to talk about here mm -hmm. when we talk about uh, health as part of our overall day-to-day -day experience and how to improve the quality of our lives. So it's great. Any other comments? No, I think um, people just need to, uh, you know, get out there and uh, find a workout buddy <laughs> yeah. and get started. Yeah, I'm going to go jump on the treadmill this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, right. Did I motivate you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to go, go do a couple miles on the treadmill. Yeah. So. It's my message to everyone who wants to start. Just do it. All right. We're going to do it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. All right, thanks. Bye. All right, bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Karen, I think you were supposed to say that. Yeah, thanks. I'll take it from here. All right. Well, we got to do the, this is the new Outcast. Oh, the out outro. The outro. The, I think Outcast is a new word. All okay. right. Outro. We're doing a new outro. We got to cover a few things. All right. One is what? Subscription. Do you subscribe to? We want people to subscribe to this, not just listen to it occasionally. Okay, yeah. Check the us out. The second thing is, nothing's better than what? A, a five-star rating. Always five stars. Got to give us the five stars because we get better search outcomes. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is comments. We need those. Yeah, we, we need your feedback. We want to know what people are thinking. So you can check us out. The best way to do it, if you're not sure, some people don't know how to do it. Go to our website. You can check it out. We'll have a full set of instructions. Uh, so whatever app you're using. Most people use, what do you use? Uh, I use Spotify. You do? Yeah. So we have Spotify, we have iTunes, uh, YouTube, there's a whole bunch. Of, if, whatever you use, we have it. And if, and if we don't have it, let us know and we'll try to figure out how to get it. We can send you a paper-based instruction. <laughs> actually, actually, we do have paper-based instructions, even though that's a fun inside joke to our team. So anyway, yep. thanks for listening and check us out uh, in our next shows. Thanks. See ya.